Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Let's do some nuggets on the college football playoff. We know the stage has been set. The four teams are Michigan, Texas, Washington, and Alabama. So let's do a little checkup on which way these lines are moving because this is a little different of a scenario. Normally, we only have a week to look at these lines and kind of judge how they move. But now we have an extended period of time. So let's start with that. When you see the lines move in these games, do you think that you are reading into it more than you do regular games? Because also we only have two, what, three college games left. So it just feels like the handle and the line movement is probably going to be a little bit more significant. Yes, I agree with you. And I will say that this is... As a Texas fan, I love to see all this money coming in on Washington. And I love to see all this money coming in on Alabama. If you're talking about Bama and Michigan in particular, I think Michigan is, and there is a reason why they are the favorites to win the national title. People just cannot get on board with the Wolverines. Michigan is great. And I understand it's Bama, but Bama has been here so many times. And there is a mystique around Alabama, and of course you're talking about Nick Saban, and I don't think people like Michigan anyway outside of Michigan because of the cheating scandal. And so people are thinking in a box here. They're thinking Alabama just knocked off mighty Georgia, and that's a hell of a win. Alabama also needed a 4th and 31 miracle against Auburn. Alabama also lost to Texas. Now, Alabama is much better now than they were early in the season. There's no question about that. They have figured out how to play Jalen Milrow. But I feel like Michigan is not getting the credit they deserve. They dominate the lines of scrimmage, both sides of the football. And I know their schedule hasn't been the greatest, but they beat Penn State. They beat Ohio State. So they have had challenges, and they have survived each and every time. I like Michigan. I'm going against the public here. (sighs) I think that's very brave. Going against Nick Saban as an underdog is not for the faint of heart. But you're right. Like, doesn't it feel like Michigan's the right side here? Like, the team that everybody is kind of forgetting about just because they didn't have to play somebody tooth and nail in their conference championship game. Like, Iowa was not scoring in that game. But I think you hit the nail on the head. I think their offensive line could go up against just about anybody. And when you can set up the run like that, I think it puts you in a really good position, especially when 
the nerves are going to be at an all-time high for these kids and for these college quarterbacks. Like, I don't think the moment's mm-hmm. going to be too big for Jalen Milrow. He has already played in a massive game against Georgia. But, like, we've seen the effects that this has on quarterbacks. Like, look at Bo Nix. He had the Heisman gift wrapped for him. And what did he do? Go out there and absolutely lose it against Washington. So I don't know which side I'm leaning here. But if you do like Michigan, I do think there's some value here. Because usually when Mm -hmm. you see a line open, what did it open at? Two and a half or three? When you get this many points in your favor, like you were getting a team that the odds makers thought was three-point favorites, now it almost a pick them. Like from a value standpoint alone, it feels like that might be the play. But going against public money can be like a little scary. Because when we see line movements like this in the NFL, we say, okay, that is the side. Do you think this is different because these games are so publicly bet that these lines are not necessarily moved by sharps, but just from a volume of casual betters? I I think that is an exceptional point. Yes, that's exactly what I think is going on. Everyone wants to bet on these games, right? Why wouldn't you? It's college football playoff. It's been a Mm -hmm. great season. You've got so many blue bloods here. Three blue bloods. I know Washington isn't in that category, but you've got Bama, Michigan, Texas. Who doesn't want to bet on these games? So, yes, and as soon as these lines came out, I'm sure the public jumped and said, oh, Alabama, I'm on Bama. Yeah, I I think this is public movement. I don't think this is sharp movement at all. And so I I will say as someone who is on the – I want Texas to win, even though I'm sort of on the public side with Washington. But I I have a much stronger opinion when it comes to Bam and Michigan. I really like Michigan. And I really think the public sees Bama and they see Saban and they see SEC and they see that one over Georgia. And you just get caught up in that and you say, oh, it's Bama, it's Bama, it's Bama. And you don't pay attention to the Big Ten. And the Big Ten clearly is not as strong as the SEC. We know that. But I don't think the discrepancy between Bama and Michigan is is great at all. I think Michigan is the better team, but I think this is public movement. I think this is, again, it's there's something about Nick Saban and Bama that it's they have dominated the college football landscape for mm-hmm. years, which is a credit to Saban. He's the GOAT for a reason. So doesn't it just feel right to put your money, if you're a casual better, on Bama and Saban? After they beat Georgia, of course you are. Of course. I feel like the public's coming and saying, of course I'm on Bama. Forget Michigan. It's the SEC. But I just think it's the wrong side. I feel like this is similar to back when people would bet on the Patriots just because of Tom Brady. It is the squarest argument in the book. But you know what? Sometimes they were right. That's why I keep flipping on this one. Because, yes, what's Nick Saban? Like, it's a square (laughs) argument. But at the same time, Nick Saban's been really successful. So I get what they're saying. So I think I'm going to sit out a side on that one. So let's go to the next game. Let's go to Washington right. and Texas. Like you said, the public's all over Washington in this one. 67% of the tickets and 65% of the handle on Washington in the points. They're getting four against Texas. And 82% of the tickets and 75% of the handle mm. is on Washington money line plus 155. Now, this is a game where I feel like we're going to see a lot of points in this Mm -hmm. one. I might just take the over and not pick a side here. But, Jenks, you've laid it out for us. We think Washington probably stands a chance in this game. Four feels like a dead number to me. But tell us why Washington could present some problems to this Texas defense. 
here's the thing with Texas is the better team. I, I believe that. I think Texas is the better overall team. However, sometimes a team's strength matches up perfectly against another team's weakness. And the way you can beat Texas, you cannot run on Texas. If you want to run on Texas, good luck. Best defensive line in the country. Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, those are NFL caliber players. But you can throw on Texas. And Texas has a very good secondary. But I was saying this last night talking to my friends because we were talking about Texas and Washington. You hear this at least a couple times during each and every Texas game. Oh, and he is wide open. They have at least a couple of busted coverages each and every single game, and you cannot afford to do that against Michael Penix Jr. And now they're completely healthy. They have, what, two, three legitimate NFL wide receivers. I just Texas has a chance. There's no question. They are favored for a reason. They're playing their best football of the season. And I, I do think there's a possibility that we see a shootout, and it's back and forth, back and forth, and this one goes down to who has the ball last. That's definitely a possibility here. But I think Washington's strength of throwing those crossing routes and being able to throw pinpoint passes downfield is going to be able to strike Texas right at, at the place where you can beat them. So I, as much as I love my horns, I would lean Washington. I will say this. It makes me feel better that everyone seems to be on Washington because this is how Vegas makes money, right? Everyone's on one side, but the other side is actually the right call. So that gives me a little bit of hope, but I understand why people are on the Huskies. Oh, for sure. And I said at the top of the segment, there's only three college football games left. And I'm looking at my sportsbook app and I'm like, oh, wait, there's a ton of games that I have to scroll <laughs> Correct. through. Yes, there is bowl season <laughs> left, but three like college games that actually matter for the championship is what I'm saying. Uh, but yeah, I'd be with you. Uh, I do think we see a lot of points here, especially when you have two top line quarterbacks. Like, doesn't that feel like the play when in college football, it almost fe feels like that's the cheat code. It does not matter mm -hmm. to me like how good your defensive backs are in college. It just doesn't seem like the depth's there, especially when you have more than one good receiver, which is what Washington mm -hmm. has. Don't they have three? They are probably yeah. going to the NFL. So it's they like sure even do. if you have one good corner, like you're going to leave the other ones open. So it just feels like you either look at a team total for Washington or you just play the over and hope both offenses score. What about Texas – a uh, red zone defense because I can see this being a game where maybe the sabotage factor for the over is both teams accumulate a lot of yards, but they don't score yes. the touchdowns. That's exactly right. Now I will say this. If, if you want to back Texas, the case for Texas is you give, you give Sark a month to get ready as good mm -hmm. as he is crafting an offensive game plan he might be able to carve up that Washington defense all game long, and then the Texas defense only needs a couple of stops in the red zone, and that might be the difference because Sarkeesian, as we know, is a genius when it comes to crafting offensive game plans. So that is the case for Texas, that they just outscore Washington. Oh, for sure. I think whatever Sark has planned for this game will look much better than what Dan Lanning had planned in the Pac-12 <laughs> championship game. Yes. What are you doing, man? Throw the ball down the field. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.